Most of the time I forget to pick up the mic, so I stand up here and start talking. Okay. We've had a couple of uh, things come up today. One is Chris and April, one with all the little girls. Chris uh, tested positive for COVID, very sick. So I'd like to remember him in prayer. Uh, we have others. The lady that was mentioned this morning in the uh, nursing home, Sister Huff. We have lots of people that we remember every week. Uh, but remember Chris and someone else they said was tested positive. John, Ed, Ed needs prayer with the shingles. That's right. Trust me, uh, I've known several people with it, and I wouldn't bless that on anybody. Your son-in-law, that's right. Uh, so let's lift them up in prayer. The Lord is good to trust, and he answers prayer, but we've got to ask. You know, a lot of times it, the Bible says that you don't have because you didn't ask. So it's up to us to go and ask. So let's, let's, write, let's go right now. Let's go right now to the Lord. Uh, for these requests, and uh, right after that, then uh, I'll introduce our speaker for tonight. Kind Heavenly Father, we do thank you and praise your holy name for this opportunity to come before you in prayer, Lord. Lord, we lift you up and give you the praise for everything that you have done for us so far. Lord, you have touched us, you have helped us, you've provided us with the wherewithal to be able to take care of business. Lord, and we thank you for that. Lord, we thank you for the good weather we've had today. We thank you for... You know, a good house and a good automobile and all the things in life that a lot of people take for granted, Lord, we trust in you and give you the praise, the honor, and the glory for it. Tonight, Lord, we ask that you will touch these that have been brought before you. You know the needs in their bodies. You know the needs and the situations that are there. Pray that you will lift them up and keep them, Lord. Be with them. Provide for them, Lord, that which sometimes they cannot provide for themselves. For Chris, Lord, is getting weaker with the sickness. We pray that you will be with him and strengthen him and lift him up. Lord, for Ed, Lord, this is, this is a terrible, terrible disease. I pray that you will give him relief and provide for him, Lord. For each of the others that we have talked about, I pray that you will be with them in their situations and provide comfort, Lord, because you have promised that you would send the comforter to us. Lord, we thank you and praise you for all that you have done. And we all said, amen. Thank you. Brother Jack Todd for the Mount Calvary Pentecostal. Pentecostal Holiness Church uh, told Jonathan that he would be glad to fill in for him while Jonathan had to be gone. Uh, unfortunately, Wednesday night I've got that honor, but we'll have to see how that goes. Uh, but Brother Todd, we're looking forward to hearing from you and hearing from the Word of God. So with no further ado, let's give him a good welcome. start with <clears throat> you have to forgive my horses tonight I'm, and I don't know if it's from this morning or just what but it's kind of drifted on me but nevertheless we still know God's able in me we serve an awesome God and I'll tell you what I don't know but they should have never put that picture up there to run you away but anyhow I wasn't ex quite expecting that but God is good in me when Jonathan called me other, the other night, and I don't like to reference him by Jonathan. I'd rather call him Brother Jonathan or Pastor. And truly, you're, you're blessed to have such a fine young man. And uh, preach, he is really anointed, and I'm so glad to be I am affiliated with him. And, and we're just thankful for cause of what God's doing here. We hear good things. And I'll tell you what, it's been a blessing to sit here tonight and Listen to some of the most precious singing, and not only that, just the playing of all the instruments. I'm very partial to the horn. I love that, and I think it's it's something because of when the Lord comes back, He's gonna there's coming, and they're gonna be blowing the trumpet or the blowing the horn, and uh, not only that, throughout the Scripture, and every time they went to war, they always had a distinctive sound in the horn when they blew the horn. They knew which way to go or what to do. Or, and uh, I just love that. You did a mark, a remarkable job. I'd steal you from Jonathan if I could. Brother Jonathan, but I can't do that. And uh, what a blessing. He told me, he said, I want you to sing. 
And uh, I don't know if I can sing. And I was sitting there thinking, what in the world could I sing tonight? Uh, Because I don't want to play. And this lady, she plays so beautifully, she could probably pick it up. I don't know. But I'm going to sing an old song that I love very dearly. And I hope and pray when I leave this world that somebody will sing this song. When I can be laid out and uh, for the last time. And uh, somebody can sing this song because I'll tell you what, I love it. And I'm going to try that now. I want to put Sister Faye up here. Um, Y'all bear with me now, okay? (laughs) She looked at me kind of hard. I was standing on the banks of the river Looking out over life's troubled sea When I saw an old ship that was sailing Is that the old ship of Zion I see? Its hull was bent and battered From the storms of life I could see Waves were rough, but that old ship was steady Sailing out on the old ship of Zion. At the stern of the ship was a captain. And I could hear as he called out my name. Get on board. It's the old ship of Zion. And it will never pass this way again. As I step on board, I'll be leaving all my troubles and heartaches behind and I'll be sailing with Jesus the captain sailing out on the old ship Amen God. I noticed that several of you were singing. You said it sounded a little bit louder. And help me here. Just sing the song. But I love that song. It references many, many things in a person's life. That second verse speaks about the hull of the ship. Is it bent, beaten, battered from the waves of the sea and whatever else, the rocks that they would hit references as our life in our life we get beaten battered we get beat up with people people talk about us and run us down y'all ain't never had that have you they talk about our church if you're Pentecostal church of God there's some of them like to run us down but we've been caught doing some of that too which is not right I don't know why we don't just knock off that other part that's on there and just be called a child of God amen because the denominational thing is not anything, anything that man, but man-made. God did not make it. Amen. The separation came many, many years ago. This lady does a wonderful job, doesn't she? Amen. I just like that. It just feels so good. But if you've got your Bibles tonight, I'd like for you to turn with me to the book of Romans, chapter 12. I want to read just a few short verses. And if you'd like to stand for the reading of God's Word, if you're able. If you're not, that's understandable. But listen to what he said. 
Here the Apostle Paul is speaking of a person's Christian duties. How many know there's a duty that we have to perform? These singers and these musicians, they have a duty that they must do. And if they fail to do their duty, some it lets down kind of the standard in many ways. But it's a surrendered life to Christ. He said, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. He's not asking you to do anything that you're not able He's not asking you to do something that you cannot do. He knows that you can. You see, God knows exactly what you and I can do. Sometimes we fail at it, but he already knows. Verse 2 says, Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is good and acceptable and the perfect will of God. Verse 3, for I say through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. Let us pray. My brother, I can't even think of his name right now. I want you to pray with us, would you? Yes, we do. We give you praise and glory and honor for everything that you do for us. Thankful, Jesus. Yes, we do love you. Yes, Lord. Yes, Jesus. Praise your name. We thank you, Lord. Now, I don't know if you can turn that monitor there looking at me. I, won't, I don't want to look at him. <laughs> I'm stuck with that. Okay. I've been stuck in my life before. <laughs> I want to speak to you today, tonight, for a few moments on a subject that um, to me is very, very sad in some ways. I spoke this same message to our church a few weeks ago. And I remember saying to my church, I said, God's going to want this message spoke again. And I asked the Lord, I said, if you want it spoke again, you open the door. And this door was opened. So you're stuck with the message. How about that? And let's listen to what he said, okay? The title of it is Allowing Spiritual Destruction. Spiritual destruction. Romans chapter 12, the very first verse I want to read again. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present, means to step up your bodies, a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Now, I can get loud. I'll try not to tonight, but I can be sometimes. Dr. Charles Stanley talks about the danger of spiritual erosion. The danger of spiritual erosion. I'm reminded of the years gone by and going to my grandparents' home way back up in Hemingway, South Carolina, and going around to the back of the house to the old pump. And there at the old pump, there was a brick or a block. That block was set down there to set a bucket on to fill it up with water. And I'm reminded that the old spigot had a steady drop of water in that, to that, uh, in that uh, uh, faucet. And I'm reminded also of me looking down, not only seeing the brown from the rust, but there was a little hole or an indention there where that drop of water had been hitting that concrete block. Now, some people would say that's not possible. Yes, it is. The more steady the drop, the more bigger the indention will come into a concrete block. And over a period of years, that steady drop or rain can literally put a hole in that block of that concrete. When the children of Israel demanded a royal king, you think of this today, 
They demanded that God give them a royal king. They went to Samuel, and they told Samuel, they said, we need a king. Well, God had already told Samuel, you do not need a king. You have a king. You have me. You don't need another king. It's kind of strange sometimes we think we need things when we really don't. We've got everything honestly, truly what we need. We've got Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, and he's there for us. But God always has given people the desires of their heart. That's what he said. Whatever you desire, if you want it, God will give it to you. When the children of Israel demanded the king, God said, okay, I'm going to give you a king. So God gave them Saul, King Saul. I want to give you a little bit about him before we get further. He was just what Israel wanted. He was quite the man that they so desired. He stood head and shoulders above every other person in Israel. When he stood out in the crowd, they could single him out because he was head and shoulders higher than anyone else. Not only that, he was intelligent. He was very smart at first. He had great character. 1 Samuel 9 and 2 also said that he was a very handsome man. He was great to look at. People loved to see him. They were proud to say, this could be our king. This is what they, de- they wanted. This is what they desired. Saul, no doubt, as King Saul, started out with good intentions. There's been a lot of church people through the years that have started out with good intentions. I remember when I first got into the Pentecostal church, come out of the Baptist church, and I'm not against the Baptist. Matter of fact, I've got some of the best Baptist friends you'll ever see, family as well. It's not about denominations. It is about serving God with every fiber of your being. And I think if we can't come to get together here, we will never go over there. We'll never see Jesus Christ if we can't get together here. So Saul, but before long, listen, he started getting away from the course. Does that sound familiar? There's a lot of times we've gotten away from the course. In my opinion, the church world today has literally got away from the course of serving God. I really believe that with all of my heart. His character began to erode or gradually it, it began to get worn away. That's what happened to him. But it does not happen overnight. It happens gradually, little bit by little bit. It's kind of like the Bible says, it's not the big foxes that destroy the vine, but it's those little ones that destroy the vine. So it was all because of all his disobedience to God. That is just like us when we begin to neglect the Lord. We begin to gradually get worn away. It's due to getting slack with our duties. What is our duties as Christians? Our Bible reading, our Bible study, our prayer life, our attendance to church. We start finding fault with everything and everybody. You ever seen that before? Literally we have. Saul's downhill slide began with rationalizing and making plenty of excuses. Rebellious actions according to Samuel, 1 Samuel chapter 13. Then he chose or picked which parts of God's commands to obey. I've seen this many times in my pastorate. People start out running the race. They do very well for a while. Then after a while they begin to get a little slack and things go a different way. And they start finding fault with everybody in the church, the pastor right on down to the Sunday school teachers. Nobody can do nothing right. I've seen this. Literally I've seen them get to the place where they say, you know what, I just need to find another church. No, what we need to do is get right with God ourselves. Saul's downhill slide began with his rationalizing and his excuses. He claimed he had, that he had obeyed God fully. 
But after being confronted by Samuel, he became enraged with anger. You can talk to somebody when they're running a little bit slack. They're not doing just right. And I declare to God they'll find every other reason why in the world that they're not doing what they should be doing. Seeing this, he became enraged with extreme jealousy and also fear. I want to drop this in. It's a sad day that we're living in. I know the coronavirus is serious. I had it. But we got too much fear. The churches are closing. The lighthouse is closing. And when the lighthouse is closed, where are people going to be able to go? This is a saving station. It's not only a saving station, but it's our place of refuge. But people are fearful, literally. And I do have a, a, I guess you'd call it a respect for this. I do believe we got to be careful. Literally, we got to be careful. But I'm going to tell you something. God said in his word that the perfect love of God casteth out all fear. Can I get a witness? I didn't write that. That's God's word. Listen to what he said. Which led him to make many, many foolish decisions or choices. You and I cannot get through this life without making choices. Whether they're good, whether they're bad, we make choices every day of our life. But sometimes we better check them out to make sure they're what God would have us to do. Saul's life literally shows us an example of what happens when sin comes in and begins to process the part of what we call corruption. How many would agree with me we got corruption in Washington, D.C.? Well, that's about the best amen I had up already. But that's what we got. Corruption on every hand. And I could go on and on and I could probably preach there for about a two and a half hours and get a lot of amens. But this is what's supposed to be. We're getting down to the last parts of the book. We're getting ready to go home, folks. A lot of people don't believe that. They're planning to live here and do here like they're going to live forever. I do understand and I do agree. The Bible teaches us we are to occupy till he comes. We're to be about his business. And that's what we're here for tonight. We're here because we're supposed to be doing what God called us to do. Spiritual erosion is dangerous, folks, because it creeps in a little bit and a little bit, slowly brings you down little bit by little bit. We are sometimes very unaware of everything going on inside of us. I can think back on the days gone by. One of the reasons I don't like to look at my face is because I know me better than anybody. Amen? How many of you like to look at your own picture? Let me see your hands. Nobody. How many like to look in the mirror every Sunday morning or Monday morning or Tuesday morning or Wednesday morning or Thursday, Friday or Saturday? Nobody does. You know why? Because the Bible said the eyes are the windows to the soul. It's a revealer. We haven't all lived as perfect as we'd like. I wish I could tell you I've lived a perfect life. When I hear people that talk like that, I want to get right in their nest and tear it up. Amen. Brother Fulton Gaskins used to say, he said, I want you to know I read your mail today. I've been in your mailbox. Hello? How many know that God will reveal to the pastor what's going on with his people? Yes, he will. We're sometimes very unaware of anything going on inside of us until it's too late. So when you hear the word erosion or gradually being worn away, what comes to your mind? You would most likely think about how land or rocks wear away over an extended period of time. I came up, grew up in the, on the beach area in Merrill's Inlet. It wasn't the beach, excuse me, that was the creek. We went to the, we went to the beach. And I can remember when we'd have a storm, how much erosion that storm would create on those beaches. It played havoc on those beaches. And they had to restore those things. The sand, they had to bring it back and put it back together, restore there. There's a lot of times you and I need to do some restoration in our lives. 
I hear some good things about this church. I hear some good things from your pastor, and he's very proud of this church. I hear good things from Brother, Brother Henry and Sister, Sister Faye. Almost choked on that one. Sorry. But you stop and think about that. If you're not proud of your church, why would you go there? Amen. Good things. And I've seen some good things tonight. In the same manner, erosion in our spiritual lives, it tends to happen slowly over the course of months and sometimes even years. I've seen people that I've known for years and years and years and years. Worship with them in church. Been with them in church many, many times. Watch God bless them. Watch them lift their hands and give praise and glory unto a, to a great God. But now they're not going to church. Some of them are singing in a bar. That breaks my heart. Why? What happened? Why do we get to that point in our lives when we begin to fall away and we get there and it's already done? It seems like we're just throwing it away. But it happens all the time. My desire to read God's word, talk to him in my closet, my prayer time, my life, my prayer time to him. The desire to attend church have about totally gone. And I see this every day. Every day. People say, well, I don't see any use in going. I'm not doing any good. It's not about you. It ain't nothing about you. We're here tonight to give praise and honor and glory to a God that loved us so much that he sent his only son, Jesus Christ, to the cross of Calvary that we might have life and have it more abundantly. Amen. I can tell you something, folks. My race is coming down to the end. I keep thinking of that quite often. I'm getting closer to the day. Some of you are too. And I don't mind telling you. We used to sing an old song. And I wish I could remember it, but I can't. I got to make a sure run. Anybody ever heard that song? I got to make a sure run. That's meaning I've got to do what I'm supposed to do to end right. And I need to do that. Spiritual erosion. So what causes spiritual erosion? What causes the decline? Dr. Charles Stanley called it this, stagnation and deterioration, little bit by little bit. I remember back as when I was a boy, my dad used to take me and we'd go fishing. I won't tell you the kind he called it because it's not very popular. But we'd go sit by the bank of a little old pond. We'd take that old cane pole and that old cork and we'd drop it over in the water. And it wasn't long after going in that snake infested area that you'd get a nibble or a bite. Those fish were hungry. You know what's wrong with the church world today? It's not hungry. It's not hungry like it used to be. I don't know about you, but I have a desire to go to church. I have a desire to continue to sing. I have a desire to continue to preach. I have a desire to continue to study and read God's words because it never gets old to me. And when it starts getting old to you, you better check your where you're at spiritually are eroding away. That old pond one time we went back and it was just as stagnated as it could be. It laid dormant for such a long time. Nobody was around it. A lot of rain had come and it caused what you call stagnation. Stagnation, the fish aren't any good. Stagnation ain't nothing any good. It smells bad, looks bad. That's what's sad. When we get to that place that we get spiritually stagnated, we start to smell bad. Maybe not physically, but spiritually we do. Listen to what he said. The answer is often called conformity to the world's values. Also compromise to or with sin. You see, too many churches today don't call sin, sin. They call it something else. But I'm telling you something's the truth. If it's sin, it's sin. If it's black, if it's white, it's black or white. It's not another color. Amen. 
And we got to realize that. So it begins by compromise. It begins in our mind. Why does it begin in my, our mind? If you go back to this book, he said, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And then it says in the second verse, and be not conformed to this world, but be ye, be, be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. So the mind is an important thing. Because that's where we're to start out beginning to renew where we need to be with God. We start out by studying and reading and, and trusting God's word. And when we begin to do those things, there will be something to begin to build in our mind. And after a while, you'll have a desire to do the things that you used to do. That's why it's so important to study and read God's word because that's when we're rebuilding our mind. Listen to what he said. When we let our thoughts, our attitudes, our desires shaped by what the world has to offer, we begin to conform to the godless and sinless behavior around us. So is your spiritual life where, we, where you'd like for it to be? Think about that. We're living in a different day. I mean a different day. A few weeks ago, I had surgery on this left shoulder. Right shoulder, excuse me. Bad, I can't remember right or left. And two days after that, we were asleep. My daughter was with me trying to help me take care of this shoulder. And I remember as I went to sleep that night, which was hard to do because of the, difference, the differences with the pain and all the stuff you had to wear. Well, when I went to sleep, we heard the biggest calamity you ever heard in your life. Out on the back porch. My daughter, we, she jumped up, got ahead of me, and went to the, she didn't go to the door, she went to the window. She began to investigate, and she said, Daddy, I was heading to the door. She said, Daddy, don't go to that door. She said, there's a wild animal on the porch. I declare to God, we got a lot of wild animals anymore, don't we? They're on two legs, too. Amen? But I can tell you this, I can tell you exactly I went to the door and I backed away because she kept asking me not to go. I flipped on the switch, the light switch, and called out onto the door. Nobody would answer. So I went around to the other window, and there stood a young man messed up on drugs. I'm telling you, messed up. We're living in a different day, folks, than we've ever lived in our lives. Tried to talk. You couldn't talk to him. I asked him what he wanted. He didn't tell me anything. Just kept trying to come in. It's sad when the church has to call the law to come give us some help. So we called the law. I didn't. She did. In 12 minutes, they pulled up at Mount Calvary Church. This is the truth. And he heard the sirens. He jumped off the back porch. By the way, he destroyed my porch. The door and everything. But he run right straight into the cops. Undoubtedly, he was so messed up, he didn't realize that they were who they were. It took six officers to subdue him. Six. That's kind of scary, brother. What would have happened if we let him in the door? There ain't no telling what would have happened. But you know what's the truth? I still serve an awesome God. God promised me he would take care of me to the end of the way. And you've got to believe that. And guess what? He did. He protected us. God takes care of his people. And I don't know why I told you that. But listen to what he said. So I want to ask you something. Has it been gradually slipping away with the world's pressures and the process? Are you allowing spiritual and social, I mean, excuse me, social media and other people's opinions to mold what you think and the cultures around us. This country's got more cultures in it now than you know what to do with. They've got more gods in this country now than you know what to do with, literally. But we're still serving the Almighty God. The only way out is to allow yourself to return to the Lord Jesus Christ through repentance and turning back to God. To return to obedience and let God's word renew your mind. In Romans chapter 12 verses 1 through 2. 
We don't need to wait, folks, until you're all or nearing the end of your life. I believe with all my heart, Sister Faye, my life is just about winding down. Whether I go by the grave, whether I go by the rapture, I know it's getting close. And I don't know about you, but I'm looking forward to his return. I'm looking forward to coming, getting us out of this mess of what we call home. But my home isn't here. My home is over there. And I'm looking forward to going. Listen to what he said. Before you stop, think about this. Begin to take inventory of your life. If there is erosion in it or you're gradually being worn away, check your heart every single solitary day. Check your life. Check your heart. To be sure your soul's clean from unconfessed sin every day. As you learn to see life from God's eyes or his perspective, your desires and behaviors will turn or conform to his perfect will. And that's what he said in this chapter, chapter 12 of the book of Romans, being in the perfect will of God. Our Christian duties are a surrendered life. Every one of us, a surrendered life. We as children of God literally need a spiritual renewal. Somebody asked me just, to, just I think, in the last couple of weeks, what do you think is missing? You think the shout's missing? No, I don't. You can't shout until you got victory. Amen? When the children of Israel marched around the walls of Jericho, they had to follow it letter by letter. God told them to do something seven times, to march around the walls of Jericho. And at the end of that task, they were to march around seven times. And when they were to, to finish that seventh time, they were to stop and shout. And when they shouted, what happened? The walls came tumbling down. That could have happened on the very first wall, but he needed their obedience. And what God needs today, he needs mine and your obedience. Amen? That's what we need. The church world needs obedience from God. And if you do what God wants, I want to say this twice. If you do what God wants, you're not going to be popular. Amen? Praise the Lord. Sister, would you come? I don't know how you, you work here. I'm sure it's not very similar. It's probably not very different from the way we work. But I think it would be a good time just to come together down here at this altar and just ask the Lord to help us to check our lives. Does that make any sense? That I check my life to see where I'm at. And God, if there's anything that I need to fix, it's a good time to start. Amen? Would you stand with us this, this afternoon? Praise God. It's, it's good to be here tonight. For the cause of Christ. Our time is winding down. It ain't going to be long. We're going home. Whatever we do now. It's going to be the, the greatest move. That we could ever do. Would you come and let's pray. Everybody in this place. That can, that can, can make it this way. Glory to God. Thank you Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory be unto God. to do thy will oh Lord. I want to do thy will oh Lord. take me 
break me, mold me and make me. I want to do thy will, oh Lord. I want to do thy will, oh Lord. I want to do Lord, that we can examine our lives, Lord, that we can be better Christians. 